<laughs> oh yeah. Well, hello everyone and welcome to the final edition of In With The Old for season three. My name is Dr. Tim Howe and I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Brian Koning. We are a video podcast dedicated to dispelling myths, building appreciation for God's word, and rediscovering the Old Testament for the life of faith. We are recording live tonight, our final episode for season three. And this is going to be a, a different kind of episode. Normally, we have a specific topic or a series of questions or an author interview. Uh, but tonight is is kind of a reflection time. So you can gather some popcorn, maybe uh, warm yourself by the fireside tonight as Dr. Brian and I reflect on season three and, uh, and what the Lord's done, our gratitude, maybe give you some stats, and of course, talk about the Old Testament at least a little bit as we do all of that. But Dr. Brian, how are you doing tonight? Tim, I'm doing well, and uh, as I'm sitting here at the as we're in a holiday season, just through Thanksgiving, uh, I'm really thankful for this podcast. Not yeah. just what it's done for you, listeners, but if I could take a selfish moment, uh, just from the personal joy I've had being able to just dialogue with you, Tim, to deepen our friendship, to stay connected. Uh, yeah. This has been really helpful and life giving. Uh, I've appreciated the questions that have come in. I've appreciated our dialogue and debates. I think it's made me sharper. Uh, and I think ultimately it's also drawn me closer in my walk with God. So those are all good things in my book. Uh, listeners, happy holidays, Merry Christmas. We hope you all are doing well. Uh, and thank you for coming on this journey with us. It has certainly been fun for us and it is my sincere hope. It's been just as much fun for you as well. Yes. And, and Brian, I'm just kind of going down memory lane a little bit. It was probably about this time last year that we were uh, in serious conversation and and praying. And uh, this was just kind of a, a seed of an idea that was planted really years ago back in our PhD studies. And, and the Lord's been gracious. He's been kind to allow us to spend the time together, but also I, I believe and, and I hope and I know our desire is for this to benefit the church and, and build up the body of Christ, as well as maybe even... Uh, provide some answers that will help unbelievers come to faith. And so uh, thank you. I'm, I'm appreciative of it as well. And uh, as we mentioned, this episode is, is going to be a little bit different. We, we'll start it off maybe with a, a question related to the Old Testament, uh, but we're going to transition pretty quickly after we consider some Old Testament stuff uh, to just give some stats and give some kind of background as to the podcast and, and what we've seen over the course of the last several months. Uh, and then kind of maybe talk about a little bit of what we want to do moving forward. So Dr. Brian, here's kind of uh, a question that uh, I'll give a specific question to you. I'll pose it to you. And then maybe we can broaden it out in a way that, that focuses on the Christmas season. But the question that we had posed to us uh, was this. When we think of the significance of Jacob's name, uh, Jacob, mm. of course, God renaming Israel or uh, we can talk about that too. The angel of God renaming his renaming him Israel. How does how do we understand the significance of Jacob's new name? And then how does that impact our view of the nation? Do they live out that name and really fulfill that calling that God has given them? So that's our question. What do you make of that, Doctor Brian? Yeah. So this was a question that that came into us. That I thought was really interesting and well done. Um, for those of you joining us live tonight, feel free to throw any questions you want us to kind of handle off the cuff in the chat. Uh, but yeah, so let's start with Jacob. So names are significant and we want to be careful, right? Dr. Tim, at some level, you can overread names, uh, mm -hmm. 
or we have to be aware that the names might be given post fact to align mm. with the point of the story. Uh, but sometimes you can look at something and go, no, this is critical to the story. So Jacob mm. starts off and we have him and his brother Esau, correct? Now the word Jacob uh, in Hebrew, right, is the one who grasps, the one who uh, uh, wheels and deals. I always tell my students, think of a used car salesman. Whatever you want to describe him as, that's probably what Jacob means. <laughs> Um, mm. And that characterizes him for a good portion of his story. And, and Tim, as we read through Genesis, I don't think we're supposed to like Jacob, uh, <laughs> at least for a good portion of his life, right? Because yeah. things keep falling in his lap, and yet he doesn't seem to take them as gifts. He th- he says, no, I still need to fight and earn this. I have to fight mm. and earn right the blessing of my father. I have to, at Bethel bribe God, right? He doesn't offer a, a, a tithe in the traditional sense. He says, I'm going to bribe God. So he'll be, he'll protect me, even though God has already promised these things. Mm-hmm. So you have someone who is really living out his name, has this beautiful story of wrestling with God. And there's, that's a whole podcast episode right there. What do we do with that story? Because it's the linchpin of his story. It's the linchpin, I think in some ways of the book of Genesis and the trajectory forward to Exodus. But in this event, he wrestles with God and is renamed. And it's interesting in the story that once he pins the angel or God, that's another part of the debate, uh, he says, what is your name? Mm. And this figure looks back and says, why do you ask me your name? Which is, I think, a callback to Bethel. I think it's a beautiful reminder of you should know who I am because I've Mm. been with you. I've walked alongside you all these times. But Mm. you ask me my name, I'm not telling you, but I will give you a name. Israel. Because you have wrestled with God and with men and have prevailed. Now, I take that name to be somewhat ironic because it's forcing him to reflect on how has he actually prevailed? Has he prevailed because he's Jacob, because he's the wheeler and dealer? Or has he prevailed because God has been present with him and God is faithful to his promises? The background of the story, right, is he's re-meeting his brother for the first time since his brother was trying to kill him. He Mm -hmm. has sent ahead of him to give himself fair warning, as it were, his flocks, his servants, and even his family, and only he's on the other side of the river. Because maybe if he hears war break out, if he hears Esau trying to lay a trap or kill him, he'll hear that and he can run away. Mm-hmm. Well, as a consequence of this fight, he gets his hip blown out. There is no way to escape his fate. And so he's mm-hmm. given this name and given the choice to ponder, what will you do? And he stops fighting. In the Psalms, we have the phrase, be still and know that I am God. The be still means stop fighting, stop wrestling. There's an interesting parallel in the story. Jacob, to be Israel, to trust in God, has to stop wrestling, ironically. So Mm. I think that name is supposed to be somewhat ironic. It's supposed to kind of put this idea in our head. Are we people who trust in the promises of God, trust that he is faithful? Or are we people who feel that we have to go out and claim our own destiny by our own power? Mm. So in that sense, his name is somewhat ironic, and yet I think it does forecast, Tim, transitioning to the second point of this question, I think Mm -hmm. it forecasts a little bit of the history of Israel themselves. They -hmm. are continually going to come up to this problem. Do we trust in the promises of God, or do we feel like we have to go out and claim it for ourselves? Even good Mm -hmm. kings like Josiah fall afoul of this, right? And they go out and they wage war Mm -hmm. incorrectly or uh, injudiciously. So uh, it, it's somewhat important, uh, and I apologize, live, one of our live listeners is named Jacob. No offense to you, my good dude. Uh, <laughs> just what it meant in Hebrew. Um, yeah. And, and so, 
to answer for him, I think that's the the point of the name of Israel. It's irony. The Bible likes irony in some key ways because I think irony forces yeah. us to to confront some of the tension in the biblical narrative. Uh, before yeah. we broaden out to names in total, uh, Tim, anything you want to add to the naming of Jacob uh, and the switch to Israel? Uh, well, I, just to voice my agreement with you, Brian, as we think about uh, Israel's trajectory, as we think about Israel as a nation, uh, there is this there is this wrestling, and uh, in that sense, the name is paradigmatic. Uh, but I, I also can't help but think that when we read when we read the story of Israel, and especially not just in the narratives but in the prophets, it's always interesting to me. Uh, that that name Israel comes up uh, comes up fairly often, and and this is something that uh, there's an assignment that uh, that's given out as as part of a class that I've taught where uh, students are are basically given a prophetic book or given a particular chapter or corpus, and then they're they're asked to identify elements of the various covenants that might be present there. So the Abrahamic, Davidic, Mosaic, and the rest. Um, Part of that assignment that's difficult for students is relating it back to the Abrahamic covenant, because it's mm. it's almost like unless there's an explicit reference to Abraham, they tend not to see it. But what I try to remind them of is, you know, anytime we see either the name Jacob, but in particular the name Israel uh, used in the prophets, it, it's alerting us to all of the promises that God has made that uh, that He's going to fulfill, and uh, so as the prophets even use this new name, it's a reminder that hey, you have a God-given identity and a God-given calling, and uh, and to echo what you said, Brian, a lot of times that kind of functions in an ironic way uh, because whenever they don't fulfill that calling, uh, it becomes it becomes uh, not just an indictment, but it becomes uh, in a sense, an, an ironic, sad tragedy when, uh, say, someone like, this is a New Testament example, but you have someone like Peter, who's nicknamed the Rock, uh, and he sinks, you know, literally on the, the Sea of Galilee during the storm. Or you have other people who don't live up to the name and their promise. And by mm -hmm. the way, anyone uh, who's been given a name by their parents uh, knows what this feels like, right? Whenever your parents use your full name, it's almost never a good thing. Uh, and, uh, yeah. you know, it's it's interesting. My middle name, Brian, not to too personalize this, but my middle name is Martin. Uh, and so I, I always think whenever I have a cowardly moment, I'm really not much of a Martin. Uh, and maybe I should be. Uh, but But the point is, yes, biblically speaking, names are incredibly important. And I do think that the name Israel anticipates what God is going to See, or what God saw uh, and knew what was going to happen, not just with the individual Jacob, but with the nation as a whole. Uh, and we do. We see that work itself out, and it gives us a lens by which we can really identify and understand the things that happen. So, yeah, that's a, a great question. And, uh, and you know, Brian, let's let's broaden it out a little bit more generally. We, we did this a bit when we talked about the, the genealogies um, mm -hmm. and some of the significance. You know, we tried to bust the myth that the gospel is kind of, uh, you know, embedded or hidden in Genesis chapter 5. But let's just talk about names and, and the significance of biblical names. We know that lots of those names have particular meanings, just like our names do today, even if it's unbeknownst to us. But what do we make of that? How do we interpret names? How do we not over-interpret names? What are some just rules of thumb that, that you would throw at us, Brian? 
Yeah, that's a good question. So the first thing would be to establish, does the name mean something? It means something coherent. Because most mm. names, actually, I don't want to say most names. A good number of names do have meaning that is relevant to the story, but not mm. all. And so that's step one. You might go and go like, oh, hey, that name does not actually lead out or we don't have a good root. I'm thinking of Habakkuk. Uh, my guy, uh, Havakuk. It's actually quite hard to trace. What does that word even mean? It's probably an Akkadian plant. Listen, having done a PhD on that book, I don't know what an Akkadian plant would mean in the context of that <laughs> prophecy. So uh, you can read my dissertation. Yeah. You can read my my simplified form. I don't really ascribe any meaning to that name because I don't see it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have other stories, though, where it does seem a bit more uh, shall we say interesting? The first mm. king of Salem, uh, right? Mm. You you have Melchizedek, the king of peace, uh, right? The king of righteousness uh, in the town of peace. What's going to become Jerusalem? Uh, those names seem to be loaded with significance. It's brought yeah. up again in scripture. So step one is see does the name even mean something. Step two is to say does the Bible itself ascribe meaning to that name? And that could mm-hmm. be either in the book itself or Broadly, I I brought up the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews makes some interesting name connections for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then thirdly, it comes down to a little bit of wisdom. Is this relevant? Does it deepen, highlight, or change how we might read the text? Because sometimes you go, the name seems relevant, but I don't know if it actually moves the dial for me. So for example, Mm -hmm. the name Malachi, the very last book of the Old Testament that we almost never make to on a reading plan. Um, Malachi means my messenger. And so there is some interesting debate, right, in Old Testament studies. Is that even a name or is this an unnamed book? And this is written by my messenger. Does that change the needle a whole bunch for us? I don't think it does. So it's an interesting debate uh, intellectually, but I've yet to find a really compelling reason to go, oh, this name is significant. It's just something I kind of go, that's an interesting side note, uh, and then move forward. So first, check to see if the name means something. Second, see if the Bible somewhere ascribes meaning to that name. And then third, does knowing what the name means materially change how we'd interpret the text? So those are my quick easy points. Uh, Tim, how would, how would you approach interpreting names when you're like talking to your students? Yeah, great question. Um, and, and I totally agree with you. I think, uh, we need to let the text really guide us in terms of whether or not the, the meaning of the name, and we should say the etymological meaning of the name drives the interpretation. So in certain cases, that's obviously true. Uh, for instance, with Abraham, right? I mean, God mm-hmm. specifically changes the name to Abraham from Abram, saying, you will be the father of many nations. Uh, same thing in a different way, but similar with Emmanuel, right? He shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And that literally, yeah. etymologically, is what Emmanuel means. Um, so there are certain cases where it's loud and proud, it's obvious and clear, uh, and there are other cases where, uh, as you mentioned, Brian, it, it's it's fun to read the scriptures because uh, sometimes the, the name is so rich and so obvious uh, that it really makes you wonder, could this possibly have been the person's name? You know, mm. that's the case with like Nabal in 1 Samuel uh, 25, you know, uh, and, yeah. and at least in that case, I'd be interested, you might you might strike me down for this. 
uh, and all of your hatred, Brian, but it's, it's like, man, Abigail seems to say that's actually this guy's name. You know, it's pretty mm. crazy. He really is a foolish man. It's fitting for him. Um, but I think in most cases for me, I, I'm not going to look for meaning too deeply unless the le- unless the text tells me X marks the spot on this name. Uh, in other words, the cases where it has particular meaning are, are pretty obvious. In others, there might be some kind of uh, subtle hint in terms of the meaning of the name, uh, kind of a, a little bit of richness or color that it adds, but it might not be super interpretively significant, as you mentioned. Um, and of course, that bleeds over into the New Testament as well. Uh, yeah. I, I do think it's probably true, and I'd wonder if you agree with this, Brian, that uh, people in... Old Testament times, and that's, of course, a very broad range of time. But I do think they were probably more aware of the significance of their names than people tend to be today. Um, so I don't think we can we can kind of gloss over it and say, well, you know, they, they wouldn't have understood what their name meant. No, I, I think we can say that that many of them, if not almost everyone, would have understood, um, you know, for instance, the name Miriam that later mm-hmm. becomes an anglicized version, Mary. Okay, well, there would have been a resonance with anyone who was named Miriam with the story of Miriam in the scriptures. And I think interpretively that can even invite, well, in what in what sense is Mary like Miriam? In what sense is she not? Or the same thing with Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Okay, well, Yeshua means salvation, but also I think it invites connections with the Old Testament figure Joshua. Uh, yep. in a different kind of way, but in, in, in ways that do add layers to the text and, and fullness to it. So in general, yeah. I would say they had a much richer understanding of the significance of their names, but that doesn't make it somehow determinative, determinative as though every name means that that is that person's destiny, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Tim, just a couple things have come to mind as you're talking. Uh, one thing to really pay attention, and maybe this should be point four of uh, the three points I gave, um, <laughs> look for New Testament characters named after Old Testament characters. Yeah. Because that yeah. does sometimes invite some not explicit, but some interesting implicit meta narrative descriptions. Yeah. Joshua is the leader who brings the people of God into the place of God, into the promised land. Does that add some interesting color to Matthew's gospel? Uh, I'm specifically calling out Matthew because it's the one that really focuses on Jesus recapitulating or reliving the story of Israel. Uh, yeah. That is an interesting connection. Mm-hmm. The apostle Paul is named after is named Saul. He's from the tribe of Benjamin. It's almost assuredly he's named after King Saul. Mm-hmm. What was the sin of King Saul? What is the sin of the Apostle Paul? And how are they different? There, you have some interesting color in the story as well. So yeah. I, I like that you brought that up, that Joshua and Jesus, it's the same word in Hebrew. And so that yeah. would add some interesting color to us. Um, another thing that came to mind is sometimes when looking at names, it's not going to necessarily beat you over the head that the name is important. So mm-hmm. we have to be critical readers. You brought up Emmanuel, and we're in the Christmas season. It's the best time to be doing that. Uh, <laughs> Matthew's gospel is the one that says, right, to fulfill what was said to the prophet, you shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Everything you said is totally fine. Listeners, here's a challenge for you real quick. And I know we're an Old Testament podcast, but we're going to have a New, new Testament uh, bit of uh, trivia or theology here for you. Where in the gospel of Matthew is Jesus called either Emmanuel or God with us? 
spoiler alert, he's never called Emmanuel in the entire gospel. So why bring that up? It's because of the last chapter and the last verse of the gospel. And behold, I am with you even to the end of the age, right? It's a great commission. It's Jesus's final words to his disciples. The beautiful thing when you see that is Matthew didn't bring up that passage from Isaiah to go, oh, that's what people at his time called us. He's saying that's what we now call him. He is God with us. That's where we see the church. That's where we see the people of God being brought into the story. That's a reference to his current readers and the readers going forward. It's not something that was said of Jesus during his lifetime. It is said, though, now. Um, so that's kind of one of those beautiful points there in Matthew's gospel that I love. Um, yeah. Tim, we have a question coming in. We already talked to us a little bit about Jesus's name. So where does it stack up? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and did Jesus uh, have does it, how does maybe fill that out? But how does that help us understand Jesus's ministry, maybe his activities through his name? Is there anything else we want to add to that here? Yeah. No, it, it, it's so fascinating. I mean, as we read, as we read the two, uh, what we might say are Christmas accounts or birth narratives, one mm-hmm. Matthew, one in Luke, uh, each one of those describes the naming of Jesus in a little bit different way. And, and I'm not going to argue, I'd have to, I'd have to think about this a lot more to, to pin this down, but it's interesting because if I'm not mistaken, I don't have my Bible in front of me to double check, but, uh, if memory serves correctly, right. Uh, the angel comes, he says to Joseph, don't divorce Mary. She's going to give birth to a son and you should call his name Jesus or Joshua. Mm -hmm. Um, Same thing in Luke, except the angel tells Mary, you are to name his name Jesus. So you have uh, an angel talking to Joseph, telling Joseph, name him Jesus, an angel talking to Mary. Well, it's very interesting because uh, we see something similar in Genesis, right? We And we've talked about this as well, where you have a double naming of Seth, where at the end mm-hmm. of Genesis 4, you have Eve naming Seth, and then at the, in Genesis 5, you have Adam calls his name Seth. Um, so uh, all that to say, you have this double emphasis, and I'm not saying that Luke was even writing with Matthew in mind or Matthew writing with Luke in mind. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, as we think about the naming of Jesus, it was it it was important to the early church that that was not a name that Mary or Joseph or both of them together came up with. Um, it was a name given to them by God, uh, or given to Jesus by God as an indication of what Jesus was called to do. He will save his people, and notice they even say, the angel says rather, save his people from their sins. So mm-hmm. think about every word of that, right? I mean, save as in salvation, he's delivering them. You know, the idea uh, just as Joshua was instrumental in the Exodus and then the conquering of the promised land, save his people. It's an association. It's an identifier of Jesus with the Jewish people. But as Brian mentioned, as you read, especially tra- the trajectory of Matthew, by the time you get to the end, he is the king of all nations. Uh, but from their sins, it, it's not merely or even uh, primarily earthly enemies that Jesus is saving them from. He's saving uh, his people Ooh, from the kingdom of darkness, up. which is why he's well, ushering in the kingdom of heaven. So y- you have all of these details in just a, a very small uh, space. The angel says, his name shall be called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. And think of think of this, too. I mean— Naming becomes a huge deal 
uh, in the book of Luke with John the so, Baptist. So yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff with the, the name of Jesus. Hopefully that helped answer some of your questions. Uh, yeah. Dr. Tim hopefully will rejoin us here. So, oh, he's back. Um, <laughs> so just uh, yeah. maybe one one last thing I want to add on names and then uh, we'll m- move on maybe to the next question. Um, pay attention, especially when you see someone being renamed. So we started the night by talking about Jacob going to Israel. Uh, these are all interesting things. Abram to Abraham, Paul mm-hmm. to Saul, even though that's probably not a rename, uh, Saul to Paul rather, that's not a rename that's using Greek versus Hebrew name. Um, you've got the the Boanerges, the sons of Zebedee become the Boanerges. Some of these names are aggrandizing. The sons of thunder, that's a really good name. <laughs> Some are more humbling, right? Pa- yeah. uh, Paul or Paulos meaning small. Israel, meaning wrestling with God. Uh, one of my teachers in my master's program, Dr. John Del Huse, uh, pointed this out. He's like, when God calls you to ministry, he gives you what you need to accomplish it. And sometimes that's propping you up, giving you the confidence to go out and go, giving you a good and powerful name. Sometimes it's the recognition that you need to be humble before you can be of service. And he gives you a small name. Um, whatever it is, pay attention because it's God somehow trying to prepare that person for the ministry that they're going to have. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I wanted to throw that in. Shout out to Dr. Del Huse, probably my favorite uh, master's instructor. Such a great guy. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah, that was good. So uh, another question came in. Where did the meanings of names come from? Uh, generally, it's from something in the language. It's either just directly that word or that word with slightly different vowels. Uh, you can think of that even in English. We have names that are verbs. We have names that are uh, nouns, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So the etymologies of various names can be traced back. Uh, and so you kind of have to go on a name by name basis to figure out where it came from. Um, but it is interesting. Yeah. We all probably have names that mean something very specific, but we rarely today connect that, uh, mm-hmm. to that. Right. Tim, we, we've talked about that before. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun when we think of names. And I love what you said earlier, Brian. It, there's just a beauty to the biblical text that is often missed. And so uh, that's just one of the many ways that we can help uh, just enjoy the richness of, of the Word of God. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So listeners, as we uh, are, are closing up shop for this year, we're taking the rest of December off because... Uh, we like our families and we want our families to keep liking us. Um, <laughs> but we want to reflect a little bit, take some time to to kind of just reminisce. Uh, I want to start with some favorite moments. Tim, as you look back at our 43 episodes, tonight is episode 44 this year. Uh, oh, wow. What are some of your favorite moments from that run? Oh, you know, th- this might be weird to say, Brian, but I think my favorite moments are the moments when mentally I get stuck. Uh, hmm. and, and here's what I mean by that. When something happens that I've never thought about before. Um, and because I, I know with you, Brian, as with me, uh, as a pastor, also as a student of the word, I tend to think a lot about not just the things that we talk about, but theology, biblical studies, all of it. And so it's fun when you're kind of put on the spot and, uh, and especially when you've thought about something really, at least you consider in depth, you know, for me, I live for those moments where the Lord just uses other people, other scholarship, uh, to, to bring about new thoughts and new revelations, you know, those light bulb moments, those still happen. Mm -hmm. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, 
but I've loved the counterpoint series. I love that because it, it kind of facilitates putting you on the spot. Um, I love, uh, dialoguing about, uh, things that, you know, you've considered since you were a kid, but there's always a new layer. So that's probably my favorite general thing, man. I don't know. I'd really have to think of a favorite episode. I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I love being able to, um, interview authors. I mean, that's been something that yeah. as, as we've reached out, it's just fun to be able to in, engage and interact. And, uh, and I, I hope yeah, that's as something we go forward. We'll the the interviews, well. I think were really fantastic and an interesting part. Sorry, Tim, yeah. go ahead and keep going. No. Uh, well, I'll kick the question back to you, Brian. What's been, what's been some of your favorite things and maybe even unexpected things, uh, since we started? Yeah. So favorite things I've got to say season three has been some of my favorite episodes, uh, Tim, for many of the same reasons you said, I enjoy, I enjoy safe debate. If that makes sense, mm. not safe in yeah. that we're, we're like pulling back and holding back, seeking after the truth, but mm -hmm. knowing that it's a, it's a avenue, it's a form where we can be going after the truth kind of full bore, but mm -hmm. knowing that that relationship is solid and that there's a care for the person and, and not a desire just to prove yourself right. Uh, mm -hmm. There were many times in that I was like, oh my goodness, I do not have a good answer for that. Uh, and I'm on the spot trying to think through things. Um, so I had a lot of fun in those, those episodes. Uh, I had a lot of fun going all the way back. If you've been with us for all these episodes, going back to some of the very first episodes and, and mm -hmm. trying to craft all right, what do we mean by the Old Testament? What are some yeah. of our, our our goals, our desires for uh, equipping people? Um, going all the way back to Tim's Sunday School Eyes, that's from season one. Uh, mm -hmm. Just trying to highlight kind of my key passions and put into words for pretty much the first time the things that drive me as a scholar. Uh, mm -hmm. That was very enriching. Uh, some of the more surprising things... Uh, I might know uh, at least something about the Old Testament. I know very little about technology, so it's been quite <laughs> humbling. We've transformed this podcast from pre-recorded audio only to pre-recorded audio and video to live video. Um, that has yeah. not been smooth all times. Absolutely. Uh, because, <laughs> um, so that's been humbling as well. Going like, wow, there's a lot that goes in here. This is both very cool and very daunting. Um, yeah. But it's been exciting to do. And as you were saying, Tim, it's been really fun to be bringing on some guests. Uh, and I'm deeply appreciative to all of them. The, the mm -hmm. authors that we've been able to bring in, Dr. Wilder, my colleague, uh, and just hear different voices that are in mm -hmm. scholarship in the Old Testament. Uh, that's yeah. been very beneficial to me to be able to sit with them, for sure. Yeah, there's so there's so much good content out there. And uh, and so it's been satisfying to be able to, to share that. And, uh, and man, it, it's also so much fun to be able to, you know, it, it's one thing to read a book, but it's another thing to, to, in a live format, be able to interact with those authors. Uh, mm -hmm. what a blessing that is. And, uh, and I know we've got some more of those, uh, kind of scheduled and, and starting to establish even more yes, relationships. The interviews so. are going to continue on into the new year. We already have a few lined up. I don't think we're announcing them quite yet, uh, yep. but we want to keep bringing you some of these big names, uh, in the field of Old Testament studies to kind of show you it's not just Tim and I who are interested about these things. There's a <laughs> lot of really brilliant men and women out there that are bringing yeah. up some interesting things that go make me go, oh, I've never thought of that before. Yeah. I need to sit with that a little bit and, and kind of wrestle with, through some of these ideas. So I'm looking yeah. forward to that in the new year for sure. Yeah. Well, Dr. Brian, 
roll us through some of our stats this year. What what are some things that you've seen on our RSS feed uh, with our audio, the audio version of the podcast? And then I've got some things to share about the video version of the podcast. But how how have we been doing? Who's listening out there? Sure. So uh, Tim and I, I think have said multiple times we would do this even if no one listened, and it's just for <laughs> us because we like talking. Uh, but I also like stats. I also like numbers. I just think it's fun. So uh, looking at the RSS, so this is the audio side that has been going since the beginning. Um, tonight, obviously, is episode 44. So 44, we started in February. So that's not bad. As far as I know, we've only missed, I think, one week, Tim. I think aside from that, we've been a weekly podcast since we started. Yeah. Uh, through both Apple and Spotify, we have had almost 3,000 downloads of the audio text or audio text. <laughs> yeah, we talk good here. Uh, the audio <laughs> uh, of the podcast. We've had our podcast downloaded in 11 different countries around the world, which is quite fun. Uh, here's a wow. crazy stat of the day yeah. as I was looking at the numbers. Um, so audience, I'm going to throw this out. And if you're here live, I want to hear your answers. Uh, before I tell you, but what do you think is the number one day and number one single hour within that day for downloading our podcast during the week? I'll come back with the answer here in a bit, but I want you to think about that number one day and hour. <laughs> so give me a day and give me an hour from like two to three, four to five, six to seven, something like that. Um, when we look at the top cities, so Tim and I kind of unofficially had a, a little go rivalry going, the <laughs> places where we are located or close to where we are, are the top cities for downloading our podcast. And I'm happy to report Arizona represents, uh, the top three cities <laughs> that have downloaded our podcast are number one, Phoenix. Woohoo! Here we go. Uh, but number two right. is Lebanon. Uh, and then number three is Flagstaff also in Arizona, but, uh, it was fun to see downloads from around the world and around the country. Uh, yeah. And so we hope whoever this is going out to, we hope it has been helpful for to you uh, in your walk. We hope it has drawn you closer to the Old Testament. Um, and so let's see. A couple of guesses for what's the number one day and hour for downloading. Thursday at 4 a.m., Sunday at 2 p.m. Guess what? It's going to blow your mind. It's Tuesday from 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. And it's not even close. <laughs> Wow. And if there's any data people out there, I would love to talk to you because I have no earthly idea how that can be. Because at first, Tim, I was like, oh, that makes sense, right? It's the auto downloads for people who subscribed uh, to the podcast, right? When the podcast audio releases and they just download. Except it goes up at midnight. So 12 to 1 should be that time frame. It's an hour later mm. that we have the big spike in downloads. I have no idea, listeners, why that is. Uh, if you wow. are up at the middle of the night listening to us, bless you. I hope we are a good sleep aid for you or whatever you're using the podcast for. I hope it's, I hope it's getting you what you need at, at 1 to 2 a.m. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's some of the, the, the stats, uh, the interesting things on the audio side. Tim, we've made the switch to YouTube about halfway through the year. Um, yeah. What's been going on on the YouTube channel? Yeah, well, this is this has been uh, exciting, and it's it's fun, Brian, because we really tried to play with this. It was about halfway through this year that we began YouTube at all. Then we kind of played with the the live stream, but where we've really hit some some good success is in the shorts that we've made. And uh, and this was to give mm -hmm. Brian credit. This was something that was uh, kind of his idea. Uh, the the platform that we use, Riverside, it. Uh, sometimes helps make those shorts using AI. So 
hat tip to AI to thank thank you for that. Uh, but it's interesting because we've had so far uh, over 5,500 views on the YouTube channel. And Brian, I don't know. I'd have to have someone help me with this too, but 61,000 impressions. Um, and so the content is is getting out there. Uh, we've had a few videos, especially with the flood narrative uh, that have gotten several hundred <laughs> views each. Um, and some interesting comments as well. So, Positively hey, or negatively. Not, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not made of sugar, so that's okay. Um, and, uh, but I, I love this countries. We have, of course, the United States, UK, Canada, Australia, Vietnam, South Africa, Germany, Indonesia, and India, uh, all tuning in to the YouTube right. channel. And so we've seen some, we've seen some growth. We've seen some success with it. And, uh, and that only is going to grow over time. So, uh, that's part of what we want to do is, uh, create content that has some staying power, most of the things that we talk about here are not tied to a particular, a particular timeline. And so we're hopeful that this content will be helpful to people in the long mm. run. And so, yeah, uh, some good things that have happened with our YouTube channel. And of course, Brian, one of the things that, that we remind ourselves of and, and anyone who kind of does this type of thing knows is uh, success builds on itself, right? Um, as you think mm -hmm. about building an audience and, and trying to get uh, your voice out there, your content out there, uh, you, you keep on doing it. And as you do it, those subscribers grow and it becomes, uh, in, in, in one sense, exponential success. So, uh, we, we start small and, and we try to keep doing what we're doing and, and do it, uh, true to ourselves and, and hopefully accurately dividing the word and, and, but also providing people an environment where they can ask their honest questions about the text. And, and hopefully uh, they'll see in us people who give them honest answers and answers that uh, are true to the word and, and satisfying intellectually. So lots of good things happening on the YouTube channel as well. Yeah. And, and from the bottom of both of our hearts, we just want to say thank you to all of our family, friends, listeners, all of you that are here tonight, all of you that will be downloading this podcast. Uh, yeah. You are a big reason why we do this, and we really appreciate the feedback, the engagement, uh, and for helping encourage us through this podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here, and we hope that you'll keep coming with us as we keep exploring the Old Testament. Looking ahead to 2024, and how long that's going to take me to learn how to write on my checks, because I'll write the wrong <laughs> year for at least a month. But uh, in the new year, we've got a couple interesting things. So not content to do the same thing back to back, Tim, because we have not done the same thing back to back for any no. of the first three seasons. We're switching it up yet again for season mm -hmm. four. Can you tell us a little bit about season four? Yeah, I will. And I'll tell you that uh, you may be the only millennial on earth who writes checks. Uh, but no, no, just kidding. Just kidding. I wrote one this week for my property seen. taxes. You, <laughs> you want to feel old, start writing <laughs> checks for your property taxes. Um, but in any case, oh, oh uh, no. yeah, we really, there's a reason we're in the old Testament, Brian. Beard. There's a reason. There's a reason. Um, but no. So our, our thought was, as we think about the old Testament, we, uh, tried to basically look at the foundation of the Old Testament in season one. How do we read it? Season two, we talked about various mm -hmm. topics and, and different things that interested us uh, in particular, trying to uh, just, just show how season one kind of worked itself out. Season three, counterpoint, counterpoint debate, 
talking about different things, but kind of coming at it from opposing standpoints. Season four, we're going to get to what I think probably is, Brian, really both of our roots in a sense, uh, because it's going to be going through various books of the Bible. It's going to be really straight exegesis. And so Brian and I are going to be recording episodes, going through a book verse by verse, looking at it, trying to dissect it. And, uh, and our hope is, as we do that, we're going to sprinkle in some author interviews, but also our goal is going to be to bring in some content experts uh, in those areas uh, to help us understand the Word of God, but it's going to be more of a verse-by-verse exposition. We think that'll serve uh, the listeners that we have well. We also think that's going to be a good way to maybe even expand the audience so that as people are searching uh, and they're studying a particular book, we can provide some content. And in a sense, maybe, Brian, this may be too strong, but almost like a video commentary uh, to help people to mm-hmm. explain some things and and to uh, you know maybe provide some insight so we're excited for that going into season four yeah I think it, a video commentary is a good way to put it that's our hope is that we're going to give you uh, broken into small chunks right a walkthrough of a book at a time so each of the seasons I think for at least the next little bit are going to be a distinct book of the Bible where one of us will be kind of walking through what's in the text the other one will be providing the background commentary the context where's this book fit in the meta narrative so you can get a sense both of what does this book teach but then also how does this book stand alongside the others to give us the full counsel of God our starting book drum roll I guess oh we actually have a drum roll this is how oh, yeah. technical we are. I think. There we go. I've, and then I've doesn't got it work. coming. It doesn't work? Media, we'll drum roll. <laughs> I'm waiting for chat to start saying, okay, boomer, because we can't get it to work. Drum That's roll. fine. Don't worry about it. Drum roll. <laughs> uh, the first book we're going to be doing is Ruth. Ruth is one of those interesting books. I'm sure you've heard it preached. It's one of the few books I think that does get preached. Oh, now we get claps. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, there you go. It's a book that does get preached. It has a very on the surface message, but the beauty of the Bible is that there are multiple messages that get layered in. That simple message has a lot of complex theology and a lot of really important points for us to take away. So we're going to tackle that. It's just a couple chapters, but it is deep. It is rich. uh, And we'll be bringing up some interesting points and maybe some things you have not thought about or not heard preached from that book before. So that's where we're going to start. As Tim said, we are going to be putting an eye towards our author interviews. If we can line one of them up as a content expert in a book, for example, if someone has put out a book on Isaiah and we start going through Isaiah, we would love to get them in to add their expertise to our discussions. But we hope mm-hmm. that these will leave behind playlists of videos and podcasts that you can go, I'm going to study this book with a small group. Here is a resource for you as a small group leader, as a community leader, or just as a student of the text. Alongside these mainline episodes, we are going to have a kind of special project series that we're, I'm not planning to forecast when they're going to come out because we're going to take some time. But Tim and I have kicked around a couple times of we would love to engage with artistic representations of the Old Testament vis-a-vis movies. How do movies portray the Old Testament story and doing a commentary on these things, not as movie critics, but as students of the Old Testament? How well does, for example, the animated classic Prince of Egypt handle the Exodus narrative? (laughs) Uh, so these are going to be things we're going to put a little bit more time and production into, uh, but we're planning to sprinkle a few of those in throughout 2024. 
So I'm really excited about both those projects going into the new year for the channel. Tim, anything else that is exciting you or you're looking forward to in this coming year? <laughs> I don't well, know Brian, if Tim can I'm hear sorry me. I keep Tim, freezing. How are you doing? But I'll, I'll give my final thoughts. No, and that's then all I'll good. Let, yeah, then I'll, I'll let you bring us home for the end of the season. But, uh, you know, it, this right. is just so much fun. And, uh, and this is what Brian and I love to do. Uh, just because we love to do it. And, uh, and when it comes to uh, giving God the glory, like we just praise God because he truly has given us his word so that we can know him. And uh, if that helps any of our viewers, any of our listeners, uh, then we will consider it blessing upon blessing, undeserved. Uh, but to our listeners, uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you for making this even more fun. And uh, we look forward to season four. So thank you so much. God bless you. Yes, listeners, thank you all so much for coming with us on this journey. We look forward to the uh, new year with you. We hope you stay cool and stay old. Uh, and <laughs> Tim, you maybe stole my thunder, but I did want to end by ending with a Old Testament blessing from number oh. six. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord, Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Have a wonderful Christmas. Have a wonderful new year. We'll see you in January. Take care, everyone.